0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first 3 orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: It's 9:30 in 716. What's Valentino Dixon been up to since this fine day in September?
2: So, you know, it's been good. It's been, I don't have no complaints, but I ain't got no complaints. I'm, I'm, I'm
1: good to go. Released last month, 27 years later for a murder he did not commit, Valentino Dixon is still learning how to adjust to the free world. In 1992, Dixon was convicted of second-degree murder after the August 10, 1991 shooting death of Toriano Jackson in the city of Buffalo. Over the years, Dixon insisted that he was not the shooter. Now it's an incredible adjustment period for Dixon following his exoneration, reflecting here back on his first day of freedom.
2: Spend time with family, and we went out to Red Lobster, about 30 of them.
1: Dixon spent some time on the phone with WBEN intern Dana Casullo. Dana was part of our coverage of Dixon's release and wanted to follow up on what he's been doing since his first day of fresh air.
2: And I had never had lobster before, so that was strange, but I wanted some. And uh, we stayed there for about three hours, three or four hours, and, You know, we just had a ball.
0: Just catching up with everyone?
2: Yeah, catching up with everybody, and, uh, yeah, just had a nice time. It was it was wonderful.
0: And has it been hard to get adjusted to life again, or what is a normal day like for you?
2: Well, no, it's not, it hasn't been really been hard at all. Uh, this phone that my daughter got, this iPhone, is the only thing that's getting on my nerves, to be honest with you. Uh She gave me an iPhone 7. But uh as far as, uh, I've been keeping up with my same routine. I get up and I pray at, at 6 o'clock in the morning. I do a workout. Well, the first four days, I was trying to land up and everything because I had a lot of interviews, and and um, they sent me to New York City in a limo to go to the Today Show right after I left Rare Lobster, actually, oh, wow. <laughs> that evening. So, yeah, me and my daughter went down there because I couldn't get on the plane. I didn't have no ID. Mm-hmm. So, the first couple of days was in New York City doing the Today Show. Then I came back to Buffalo on the way back from Buffalo. I mean, I went on the way back from New York City. I did about 10 interviews in the car by phone. And, um, you know, so, you know, it's been good. It's been I don't have no complaints. I, you know, I haven't really got no serious since I've been out mm-hmm. in the last 17 days, but I ain't got no complaints. I'm, I'm, I'm good to go. <laughs>
0: yeah. And, um, how do you want to spend like the rest of the weeks or how do you want to spend the next 10 years of your life? Do you have a plan well, yet or you're just yeah, going with well, the flow? Yeah,
2: well, well, well. Well, no, no, I'm not never going with the flow. I always have a plan. You know, I've been playing for many, many years. You know, I've done a lot of studying when I was in prison. I've read over probably over a thousand books, whether it was finance, you know, just self help, building character, believing in yourself, all that type of stuff. You know, so my mind is drilled with I can do anything I set my mind to. But uh, what I've been doing the last five days is taking care of my both of my grandmothers and my mother just helping them clear out their garages, their basements, and they got a whole lot of stuff they collected over the years and they were always wanted to get rid of. And i just been, me and my friend, he has a truck, and we've been uh, just clearing out all this stuff for them and taking care of them.
0: And I know you said you really tried hard to stay positive. Did you ever have any doubt?
2: Yeah, I had my moments, you know. I had my moments, but they didn't last that long, which is a good thing, because I was always reading something spiritual or something positive or some type of... You know, something that gave me that, um, that strength and that, um, that belief, you know, that belief that that day will come, mm-hmm. you know, as long as I filled my mind up with those type of things, I was good.
0: And who did you think about most when you were in prison? Was there one specific person?
2: Well, my mom, my mom, I thought about the most because I'm, you know, I'm the only child and, you know, she, she was there for me from beginning to end. You know, we spoke every day on the phone. So she was. I was always worried about her because she's had some health issues, you know. She had cancer three times, you know, and uh, she survived it. She's in remission right now, and she had a stroke and different things like that. But she's doing better.
0: Mm-hmm. That's amazing that she's doing better. Um yeah. And before the arrest and before everything, those people that you were hanging around with, do you still talk to them or you cut them out? No, I don't talk. I
2: don't. I don't talk to none of them. You, you know, talk- I've moved on completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm still on the phone with the radio. Yes.
0: Did they try reaching out to you at all?
2: Oh yeah, a lot of people from my from my uh, from where I grew up is been trying to find me, you know. But I've been I've been hiding out, not really hiding, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, been with the family, my grandkids, my mother, and my grandmothers, and and that's it. I don't have no desire to be out in the streets. I can tell you that.
0: Mm-hmm. And I know you said um, it's been a little hard getting used to the iPhone. Um, what do you think? One. And I know social media is a big way to send out messages, especially to our generation. What's one message you would like to send to them?
2: Oh, to this generation? Mm -hmm. You know, it's to to believe in yourself and know that you have options, you know, and that you can do anything you set your mind to. Because these kids, you know, um, sometimes when they look at the environment, you know, they only see what's in front of them. They can't see past it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be working with these kids, you know, I have a strong message, you know, and I'm going to be going to some of the schools and any chance that I get to, you know, to give them some type of um, some some good advice.
0: Mm-hmm. And what do you say to young people who are taking their first steps on a criminal path?
2: Well, that crime doesn't pay, you know, and that eventually you're going to get caught up and, you know, you're going to end up in prison or you're going to end up dead. You know, there is no, you know, you're not going to win, you know, so... You know, you have to, you have to, you have to think about the consequences and, and the pain that you can cause other people. You know, and one thing I tell these kids, I was telling them in Attica when I was there. You know, I used to counsel these kids, and I used to say, "Hey, you either going to be an asset to a, the community or a burden to the community. You have to make that choice." You know, but sometimes one mistake can cost you everything, and, and, and you know, you won't get a second chance.
0: Mm-hmm. And what's it like just being around your daughter again? And has she taught you anything out of this? Whole
2: well well yeah yeah you know um it's been wonderful you know it's the undescribable so many things that I want to do that I haven't got a chance to do you know yet i want to go fishing and stuff like that you know so um it's you know it's, I don't have no complaints about anything it's just a, and just and I don't even have the words to describe the feeling to be honest with you you know I'm totally speechless if you ask me you know that particular question there
0: mm-hmm. um and are you still painting
2: I did a picture. I did a picture last week for the Ryder Cup. The, the captain, the wives of the golfers came together and they wanted me to do a picture for the captain of the Ryder Cup, Jim Furyk. And uh, so I drew the picture within three days, which was a record time, mm-hmm. I had to spend like 12 hours each time on these pictures, on this picture right here, particular picture. And they shipped it to him overnight in France, and they wrote a big article about it in the Golf Digest magazine because he was in tears when he received the picture.
0: Wow. That's crazy.
2: Um, Mm -hmm.
0: And do you sell them or do you keep them or do you give them as gifts?
2: Well, well, the thing is this, in studying the art world, I've always held on to my originals. You know, I knew the value of holding on to my originals. So even when I was in jail, when I struggled at certain times with money, I still held on to my originals because I knew a day day would come when, um, you know, it would be very important for me to have the largest portfolio possible. Mm -hmm. But uh, now... I have a, a booking at the World Trade. My first art show was October 22nd at the World Trade wow. in New York City.
0: And will that feature mostly the golf paintings or are you going to paint other I've things? i a too? mixture. See,
2: yes. Year. Well, when they came by the house, right, hmm. um, I had a mixture of of other things, other artwork, African art, abstract art, animals, stuff like that. You know, so they were very shocked and surprised to see this stuff because a lot of people haven't they just been seeing that golf
0: art um what's it also like being around your grandchildren do you watch them a lot or well, do you do certain well, things fun?
2: Well, well, yeah well one of my grandchildren the day after i got out what well, you know actually four days after I, after I got back from new york city it was his birthday you know so i had to run out he was seven eight years old and I had to run out to Walmart. Me and my buddy ran out to Walmart and bought him a bunch of toys and took him by the house. And he just was like, you know, he felt it was like it was Christmas.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how many grandchildren do you have?
2: I have six grandchildren. Six. Yeah.
0: Um, and then is there a question you would like to add that not a lot of people have asked you or?
2: Well, no, pretty pretty much everybody's asked me everything. You know, I can't think of nothing off the top of my head that uh, you know that nobody's asked you know I just take it as they bring it you know some t- tomorrow somebody could ask something differently and then I just answer it as real as possible and to my best of my ability
0: mm-hmm. and what kept you going while you were in prison
2: just a strong faith a strong faith and the artwork the combination of those two things doing a lot of praying focusing on the artwork, never keeping my mind inside the prison, always staying outside of the prison, dreaming, and just thinking about everything that's going on in the outside world, you know, and wanting to be a part of that world. So, you know, 90% of the time, my brain was on, you know, on the outside world,
1: not to jail. WBEN intern Dana Casolo with Valentino Dixon. Some footnotes, Dixon was convicted in 1992 of second-degree murder after the August 10, 1991 shooting death of 17-year-old Toriano Jackson near Louis Hot Dog Restaurant on the corner of Bailey and East Delavan Avenues in Buffalo. Dixon insisted over the years he was never the man who killed Jackson and also injured Jason's brother Aaron and bystander John Sullivan. No evidence directly tied Dixon to the murders, though Erie County District Attorney John Flynn insisted that Dixon is not an innocent man entirely because he brought the Uzi used in the killing. Back tomorrow. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo.